Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, well, good. Let's get to work. Thank you all very much for the input. Let's talk tonight. We're already at chapter five. We're like doing grown-up stuff now. We're doing some grown-up stuff now. So let's talk about chapter five. Chapter five is nurturing healthy relationships with emotional intelligence. Hmm. In the tapestry of our lives, relationships form the intricate threads that weave together our experiences, emotions, and sense of belonging. Our connections with family, friends, partners, and colleagues are the foundation upon which we build our personal worlds. Somebody say personal worlds. They're the foundation. Our connection with family, friends, and partners, and colleagues are the foundation upon which we build our personal worlds. Yet, in the midst of life's busyness and challenges, we often find ourselves wondering how to straighten, mend, and sustain these precious bonds. In this chapter, we embark on a journey through the transformative power of emotional intelligence in nurturing relationships that flourish and endure. We want flourishing and enduring relationships. Whether you're seeking to enrich existing connections, mend strained bonds, anyone have any strange bonds, strained bonds that they're looking to rekindle, um, or embark on some new relational adventures, the principles and practices within these pages will serve as our guiding light. <clears throat> Drawing from the four pillars of EI, which is self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, and relationship management, we will delve into the practical strategies, heartfelt insights, and mindful approaches that elevate relationships to their fullest potential. I'm so invested in this chapter right here. I need this. Together, we will uncover the keys to effective communication, conflict resolution, and fostering an environment of trust and understanding. But this journey, this journey is not just about improving your connections with others. It's also a path toward deeper self-discovery. As you cultivate your emotional intelligence, you will uncover facets of your emotions behaviors and desires that have remained hidden. You will gain insights into how your emotional landscape influences your relationships and you'll emerge from this chapter equipped with a newfound sense of self-awareness and empowerment. Whether you're seeking to strengthen family bonds, cultivate lasting friendships, nurture a romantic partnership, or excel in your professional relationships, the principles here of emotional intelligence will be your steadfast companion. By applying these principles with intention and mindfulness, 
you'll not only enhance your relationships, but also embark on a journey of personal growth and fulfillment. So let us embark on this voyage together as we unlock the secrets of emotional intelligence and set sail towards the shores of healthier, more harmonious relationships. Understand that people may have different emotional reaction and processing speeds. If you were with us this year, well, last year now, where we attended the family conference under Apostle Chris Coley, one of the main statements of the entire event was this topic right here. Understanding that people have different emotional reactions and processing speeds. It is proven that women process from both sides of their brain and men process from one side of their brains. So it takes them time to bridge the connections of the conversation that we're trying to have with them. So be patient. Someone put up on the screen tonight, be patient. Be patient when waiting for someone to open up or resolve an issue. If you're already frustrated and there is a topic that you guys are getting ready to embark on or you are getting ready to bring up again, you cannot go in with the same level of frustration that has already been there. You're going to have to reset yourself and you're going to have to literally say this, that I cannot go in with the frustration that I've had this week or this year or the last 10 years on this issue. I have to go in as though I'm starting new. So I have to go in with patience because people process emotions differently. People have different emotional reactions and processing speeds. So be patient. Struggling with patience. What happens if I want to do this, but I'm struggling with patience? What do I do? Well, I'm glad you asked because struggling with patience is a common human experience. It's so common that God even found it fit to have someone scribe about patience in the Bible. It's a common human experience and it can be attributed to various factors and psychological mechanisms. So let's talk about this for a moment before we move on, because I want you to be prepared to handle your patient issue. If you really want to benefit from relationships, restore some broken relationships, or take some of your relationships to the next level. So here are some reasons why people struggle with patience. See if you can find your reason in here. Number one, we are so used to instant gratification, instant gratification. It's the culture, it's the cultural norm right now. In today's fast paced world, we are accustomed to instant gratification. We can order products online and have them delivered the same day. We can access information with a click and we can communicate instantly through text messages and social media. And if text messages are not fast enough, Apple has airdrop. I don't even have to text. The, this culture of immediacy can lead to impatience when we encounter situations that require waiting or delayed outcomes. We know all about it. I know I do. And I am definitely not one that likes to wait. So it's always a test for me. Number two, stress and anxiety. This is why we suffer with patience, stress and anxiety. 
can reduce our tolerance for waiting and making us more prone to impatience. When we're anxious or stressed, our bodies are in a heightened state of arousal and waiting can even feel uncomfortable. How about high expectations? How many of y'all have high expectations? Having high expectations for ourselves, others, now that's a problem. If you want them for yourself, that's one thing. But having high expectations for others also, our, or outcomes can set the stage for impatience. When reality doesn't align with our expectations, frustration and impatience can be the result. I feel like I need to rewind that one. When reality doesn't align with my expectations, frustration and impatience can result. That's why we need empathy, right? First, we need empathy. And then we need understanding, which comes from self-awareness. What is that understanding? Well, I read it when we open. Understanding that some people's emotional reaction, one, is different. And someone's emotional reaction speed can be different. So when we want to have high expectations for other people, we're setting ourselves up for frustration and probably disappointment. Number four, lack of control. Feeling like we have little control over a situation can trigger impatience. We may want things to progress more quickly as a way to regain a sense of control. How many of y'all have control issues? We all do to certain degrees, different varying levels. Number five, somebody say FOMO, F-O-M-O, -O, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. When we are operating in FOMO on something better or more exciting, it can lead to impatience when we're waiting for a specific event or opportunity because we're worried about missing out on other experiences. That can cause us to really struggle with patience when we have this mindset of FOMO. We always worrying about missing out on something. Anyone know about that? That was one of the reasons why I couldn't go to sleep early enough at night is because I had FOMO. I felt as though if I went to bed early, I would be missing out on something. That's a big one. Is that anyone here? Let's talk about number six, why we struggle with patience, overloaded schedules, overloaded schedules. Are you in here? I know you are. Busy and packed schedules can leave little room for patience. When we're rushing from one task to another, waiting can feel like wasted time, leading to frustration. How about perceived inefficiency? That can lead to lack of patience. When we believe that a process or situation is inefficient or could be done more quickly, we may become impatient. This perception of inefficiency can lead to impatience even in situations where waiting is necessary. I'm smiling at you, Cassandra, because these last two, when you came on, it was the Holy Spirit. Should I restate them for you? <laughs> Number eight, personality traits. 
Yeah, we got to blame it on this. Personality traits are sometimes why we lack patience. Some individuals are naturally more patient than others due to their personality trait. Impatient people may have traits such as high competitiveness, a desire for control, or a focus on immediate results. I'm hitting y'all tonight. Are you feeling it? <laughs> Number nine, lack of coping skills. I know y'all found one, two, or three in here. Lack of coping skills. Impatience can arise when individuals lack coping skills for dealing with discomfort or uncertainty. Instead of tolerating discomfort, impatience provides an escape from the uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hang in there. Before we went to where we needed to go, we needed to go down Patience Boulevard. Because if you notice anything about all this work we've been doing for 16 days now, if you don't have patience, you're going to end up really frustrated. And when you're on your own after these 30 days, you're going to need patience. Number 10, digital distractions. Digital distractions. Constant access to smartphones and digital distractions can exacerbate impatience. We often turn on our devices or turn to our devices to alleviate boredom. Any free second we have, right? or impatience, which can make it harder to learn to wait patiently. There's a difference in waiting and waiting patiently. And lastly, number 11, fear of failure. I think we finished this live already. These topics were hot. Fear of failure. Impatience can stem from a fear of failure or a desire to prove oneself quickly. When we're impatient, we may rush through tasks or decisions to avoid the possibility of failure. Understanding the underlying reasons for impatience can be the first step in addressing and managing it by practicing patient building techniques and adopting a more mindful and accepting approach to waiting, individuals can gradually increase their tolerance for delays and uncertainties. Developing emotional intelligence, as discussed earlier, can also play a significant role in enhancing one's ability to manage patient effectively. You know where my mind just went? Have you all um, paid attention to the news this week? Talking about patients? There was a shooting incident over road rage, over road rage. And they're telling people again and again, over and over, don't argue with people. People are unstable. We are in an unstable world right now. That's the term I want you all to use instead of calling people crazy. Stop using the crazy term like that. They're unstable. People are unstable. They're unstable in traffic. They're unstable on their leaving their kids in the car, their unstable um, running lights. People, minds are all over the place. You can see it if you ever take the time to look at people. 
Sometimes people don't even know you there. Sometimes it's even happened to me where I was like, oh my God, sir, I'm talking through my car. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I didn't even know he was there because our minds are somewhere else and on to the next thing and on to the next thing. And it's really our society right now with this speed of this information highway, www, everything is happening faster. People expect you to call back faster. People expect an earlier return on their work. People expect you to answer every phone call. They expect you to acknowledge every text and they want it now. And everybody wants the response immediately. We are lacking patience and it's going out of the highway fast. And we better grab a hold of this, practice these 10 steps in every part of our day and begin to practice patience because I believe we're being set up for mental health issues, if we do not grab a hold that patience is a virtue and it is something that has to be in our life, it is needs to remain in our life, you're not going to make it anywhere if you can't show up with patience. The Bible says patience is a virtue. You have to learn patience. And the worst thing can happen if you don't have patience. God would send trials to work you through levels of patience. We really, really, really have to practice patience. I mean, you, you shot someone in traffic. How unstable are we that just letting someone go? You know, people are putting L's out the windows. They're giving you fingers out the window. Um, People are throwing things out of the windows. They're shooting people. They're following people home. Please, if you are following me on here in any way at all, please, I want you to practice letting people go. Just let them go. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Y'all just go ahead because the Holy Spirit is with me and I'm practicing patience and I'm training myself because if anything big comes in life, I need to be able to, to have a good foothold on a great amount of patience. And I think it was in our state. Did you hear about it, Ebony? It was in our state, right? Yeah, it happened right in Connecticut, shooting someone. And they're telling people again, please, please, please do not argue with people. Let people go. There's no reason at all for you to get into an argument with anyone over traffic, let them go. Someone else's situation may be way more urgent than yours and it's not worth your life, your family's life. Just let them go. It's not worth it. Somebody say it's not worth it. And then your next post, I want you to write in the chat. I want you to write patience. So understanding the underlying reasons for impatience can be the first step in addressing and managing it. And that's with anything, understanding, understanding. By practicing patience building techniques and then adopting a more mindful and accepting approach to waiting, we can gradually increase our tolerance for delays and uncertainty. So let's talk here for a moment. Developing emotional intelligence, as discussed earlier, can also play a significant role in enhancing one's ability to manage impatience effectively, such as nonverbal communication. 
nonverbal communication. Pay attention to nonverbal cues such as body language, tone of voice, and facial expressions. These can convey emotions and intentions that words may not express. And when I say nonverbal communication, I also mean with yourself. As we are learning emotional intelligence, we're applying again, self-awareness, start paying attention to your cues. Start paying attention to when you are given off cues, such as body language of impatience, tone of voice showing impatience, facial expressions showing impatience. Remember when we talked about attachment style, children pick up on body language. They pick up on tones of voice. Children pick up on facial expressions. Children read our eyes. And they can tell when we're disappointed in them, when we are happy to see them, when it's a genuine hug or a genuine compliment. Children need to see that. And it doesn't go away when we become adults. These are all cues that convey emotions and intentions. And even when you're talking to someone, I was talking to someone the other day and I really needed to get something from them. It was a business thing and uh, it was just a store and I really needed to get something from them. And I could tell that this person's patience was gone. It was gone. And I felt myself like getting a faster heart rate and talking a lot faster and not being confident in what I wanted to share to get what I wanted because I could feel their impatience. And it wasn't their impatience so much with me. They were impatient of what whatever had happened in their day. But by the time I got with them, I picked up that vibe, that energy, that spirit. I picked it up and it began to, to I don't know if I want to say trans, transfer to me, but I began to feel like I was losing the point and the confidence of my conversation because I was trying to adhere to the level of impatience that I was receiving from them. And I had to catch myself. And I, and I even tapped him on the hand. I said, Ooh, I said, you got me a little jittery over here. I'm trying to move with your impatience. I said, can we slow it down? Are you all right? And they were like, I'm just having a really bad day. And da, 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 da. And I took about seven minutes to let them work around their situation. And I told them that everything was going to be all right. And they thanked me for, it. and then of course I ended up getting what I want. You see how I used empathy. You see how I used empathy. I could have said, I'm the customer. I'm always right. I don't know who you're treating like this. Um, I just got here. I don't know what went on with your day, but you're at work now and I'm a customer and you better shake it off and get yourself together. Where's your manager? I don't want to work with you. I want someone else. I use the empathy and I believe that not only did I get what I want, but I got what I wanted two days sooner because I gave them a moment to be disarmed. I disarmed them by paying attention to their verbal cues. And then I paid attention that my verbal cues were getting ready to trigger off of theirs. So I was able to get self-regulation and get control of myself. And then I took control of the whole situation because it was obvious they couldn't. And voila, come on. Respect differences, embrace diversity in your relationships. Everyone is unique. Put it in the chat. Everyone is unique. And respecting individual differences is essential for healthy interactions.
How about apologize and forgive? Apologize and forgive. Be willing to apologize. Put it in the chat. Let me take a look over here. I see my Instagram family. Let me see the rest of y'all. Yes, they're all typing. Embrace diversity. Everyone is unique. Good work. Good work, detoxers. Respect differences. Embrace diversity in our relationships. Everyone is unique, right? And then the big one, apologize and forgive. Be willing to apologize when you make mistakes or hurt someone unintentionally. Let me say it to the screen. Be willing to apologize when you make mistakes. Did you know you make mistakes? Or hurt someone unintentionally. Sometimes it's intentional and we still don't want to apologize. Even a couple days later, say, I was crazy that day. I'm so sorry. We good? Yo, I know um, I was Marsha needing a snicker the other day. And I kind of made a big deal out of that. And I embarrassed you or I embarrassed us or I was rude or I wasn't showing much empathy to you. I want to apologize to you. You know, I was just Marsha needing a, a snicker. Do y'all get what I'm saying? I did it on purpose. I knew that I was, I had nothing left in my tank and I should not have been in a conversation like that with you. I know that I was already having a bad day. I knew that I had already um, been stuck in traffic and I should not have had that conversation with you yet. Sometimes we have to forego conversations in the moment and admit, look, this is not going to be a good time for, I'm empty. I have nothing to give. So we need to delay that. And then apologize. I'm sorry I couldn't talk to you when you needed me yesterday. Forgive me, but it would not have came out well. I was, my EI, it was so empty. I had to go fill up. And you can empty your EI by not getting enough rest. Patience is built on rest. Empathy, personality, it can run off how we get rest or not. Even food. So apologize and forgive. Be willing to apologize when you make mistakes or hurt someone unintentionally. And then let's put a comma there or intentionally. Likewise, be open to forgiving others when they apologize. Forgiveness fosters healing. Can you type that in the chat for me? Forgiveness fosters healing. So you knew I was going to ask you a question right about now, right? It's about that time. The question I want to ask is how, on a scale from one to one to five, let's keep it low tonight. On a scale from one to five, how forgiving are you? Are you quick to accept someone's apology? Five meaning very low, five meaning almost every time. <laughs> Instagram's giving me a thumbs up. Five. Wow. To accept someone's apology. I think it's easier for me to forgive than it is for me to hear and accept someone's apology. And I think I'm just coming, becoming aware of that like right now. Like when I say I apologize or forgive me, 
I mean it. Like I might even cry, even if it's a, a little teeny deal because I mean it. And it's so heartfelt that I'll start crying and they'll be like, why are you crying over that? But it's so heartfelt when I apologize. But when someone apologizes to me and for me to forgive them, I guess because I'm, it's so heartfelt, it's hard for me to get over the sting. And sometimes people apologize so fast, I'm not over it yet. So you got to hold that apology for a week or two because I'm still burning and stinging. I still got a story that I'm telling myself and you got to let me work this story out and then come apologize. But how many know it doesn't work like that? When people come to apologize to us, we have to be quick to forgive. And I don't always make it there. I, I'm just going to be honest. I have to be honest, as Apostle Paul says, because after I have preached this gospel to you, that I may find myself at the, the, the wrong end of this gospel, and I refuse to. But that's something I think I, 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 um, I learned about myself tonight. Anybody else? Yeah, I see one in my studio audience. How many can apologize quicker, but have trouble receiving an apology back sometimes? Mm-hmm. Good Instagram, I see you. Okay, so it's not just me. Yeah, I'm, I'm quick to apologize because when I do something that's out of order, it hurts my heart because I'm not a mean person. I'm a direct person. I'm a person of truth, but I'm, I'm not a mean person. I don't mean to be mean. It's not my heart to be mean. So when I feel that I've hurt someone or it has been shared with me that it hurts someone, I will be quick to apologize. But receiving it, it's like, mm -mm. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one okay so angela said yes it's easier to apologize i would think it would be harder to apologize so i'm glad it's not just me we learned something about ourselves tonight so we add that to our to-do list of what we need to do this year we need to be quick to forgive and what about if they do it again that's my problem what did the bible say about that believers seven times what and seven means what? Come on. How about this? Balance, giving, and receiving. Well, that kind of sounds like what we were just talking about. Balance, giving, and receiving. Strive for balance between giving and receiving support in your relationships. Be there for others, but also allow them to be there for you when needed. So let's take a little bit of time again. We're going to do this stuff good this year. On a scale from one to five, how often do you think? Now, I would love to be able to ask some of your friends. You know, if we were at a retreat, I would call a couple of your friends spontaneously. And I would ask for a volunteer. And I'd say, let's find out from your friends, do they feel that you give real good support to your friends? How many in here rating yourself will let you do it subjectively? feel that you are a good support to your friends. Would you say yes? You're a five? Go girl. Y'all so arrogant with these fives. Oh my God. I'm calling a friend. Give me one of y'all friends' phone numbers. I'm calling your friend. Everybody's putting up fives. 
So let me ask you this, you five people. What if someone's love language is acts of service and you're always calling and encouraging them or buying them gifts? Do you think that you are a five when you're always buying me gifts, but I really would prefer you helping me out with some projects, with some acts of service? What do you think then? Hmm? It can include spouses. Does it change? What is it if it's a spouse? You fail? You get the L? Mm-hmm. Come on, Mariah. Y'all still think you're a five, huh? Okay. Then probably a three. Right. Do you know your friend's love language do you know your spouse's love language do you know your friends what is it that they like if we're going to do it right this year because we're in the relationship section of ei if we're going to do it right this year why don't we find out what our loved one's love language is because please understand love language changes it's not love it's just a love language and it changes sometimes people have been really uh, traumatized or lonely or going through tough times and they really, really need words of encouragement. And then maybe they're, they're no longer grieving their, their, the death of someone or the divorce or whatever it may be. And now they're, they're pretty built up on words. They don't need words anymore. And now they want time with people. So you can't assume that you and your friends who took the the um what's the name of it yeah but what's the name of it love language yeah the love language you can't assume what someone's love language was in 1999 is what it is this year show your friends and your loved ones that you care and do the love language assessment with them can you find the link and pop it up in there and we'll send it out too on the wix app and it just takes seconds. You just ask answering some questions and they'll tell you based on the questions that you answered where you are and you let them know, this is my love language. So when you wanna do something nice for me, um, don't give me words, I want gifts. I'm a new person in 2024. Don't give me gifts, I want time with you in 2024. Can we do that? Can we take the time to do that? Can I see some hands saying okay? Let's find out what our what our close friends and loved ones love language is. Do it even with your children. Mm-hmm. Do it with your children. Find out what their love language is, your grandchildren. And this is a good way to show your spouse and your friends that I'm invested in this. And because of what I learned in EI this year, I am so invested in this relationship becoming better. You could even tell them I took a relationship uh, assessment. And I'm not happy with the level of our relationship. So I want to start taking some steps to improve the relationship. I want more out of you and I want you to get more out of me. So let's start with taking the love language all over again. Hi, Nicole, Nicole, brand new mommy. God bless you and baby. We good with that? Ebony's getting the link. She's going to post it. And if you want, you can go to Google and put um, 
love language assessment and it should come up for you as well and share it with your spouse share it with your friends and let's begin that work to find out there's a lot of birthdays this month you know we can find out what their love language is and give them that gift we can actually tell them for your birthday this year i'm giving you your love language and you have me for the day to spend as much time doing what you want like my husband always falls asleep in the movies he's the worst movie date ever i never invite him to the movies and he's not happy with it he wants to know why i never invite him because if i wanted to hear someone snore or have to elbow someone when the movie is over i would take a doll so i'll go by myself before i invite him so he could do something like for the day i'm going to stay awake and i'm going to give you your love language for your birthday i love gifts that don't cost money because they're creative and they're usually personal and then he would probably have to go hang out at Yankee Candle with me or maybe walk around um, New York or um, go to a movie with me and uh, maybe sit and people watch, you know, things like that. Do y'all get what I'm saying? I think we started something right here. I think I'm going to create a birthday card. I'm going to make a line of birthday cards and I'm going to call it um, your love language birthday gift. And we're going to send it out and everyone in here is going to find out their loved ones. <laughs> Rafael Sanchez knows Bernard. Lord have mercy. Yeah, his would definitely be Texas Roadhouse. Two or three times in the day. But I think that's fun. I think that's exciting. And it shows the people that you love that I'm invested in this with you. So let's find out the love language and let's work on that for this year. Are we in? Let me see hands that are in especially if you're around me. And if you wait, if you hang around me and you wait for me to bring it up, I'm gonna feel some type of way towards you. I'm letting you know ahead of time. I'm gonna feel some type of way towards you if you wait for me to come to you to do the love language. All right, balance given and receiving. We just finished. Let's get down here so we can wrap it up. Stay open to feedback. Welcome constructive feedback from those you trust. Feedback can help you identify areas for improvement in your interactions and emotional intelligence. Another thing to do with your relationships this year, relationships, be open to constructive feedback. I mean, if we really want to benefit, right? Do we really wanna benefit from our relationships? Then we gotta be open to feedback and we've gotta be comfortable enough to give feedback before the relationships are lost and or ruined when all we have to do is open ourselves up to constructive feedback. We should always be open to practicing gratitude. Express gratitude for the people in your life. Regularly acknowledge and appreciate their presence and contributions. I think this is gonna be a chapter that I'm going to do um, when we're done with the 30 days. I think I'm gonna do one on this. I think this is important, especially in 2024 we need to know how to show up better in our relationships including friendships how about self-care prioritize self-care to ensure you are in a healthy emotional state when interacting with others mm, 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 mm. a well cared for self is better equipped to contribute positively to relationships did you hear me? A well cared for self is better equipped 
to contribute positively to relationships. I partner with that statement right there. A well-cared-for self can do so much better as a mommy, a wife, a friend, a grandma, a minister, uh, an employee, and employer. A well-cared-for self is better equipped to contribute positively to relationships. So know that when dating or solidifying that someone that you met on the job or that you met at some committee and it seems like there's a relationship building, a friendship building, if that's you, you should find out if this person is well cared for by themselves because that will also show you the ability of friendship that they're able to offer you, their capacity for friendship. A well cared for self is better equipped to contribute positively to relationships. So how well does your friends care for themselves? Or do they expect you to do all this saving and giving and showing love and forgiveness and um, giving gifts and giving time and giving attention? If you have people in your circle who do not care for themselves well, you are in trouble in those friendships. Did you hear what I said? Does it make sense to you? That's right, Renee. A well-cared-for self is better equipped to contribute positively to relationships. Maybe that's some of the problems in your friendships. We are not caring for ourselves well, and we're expecting it from everyone else. That's good. We have to get ready to end. We're almost at our 55. Um, okay, I think I can finish this tonight. Celebrate milestones. Recognize and celebrate milestones in your relationships, whether it's anniversaries, achievements, or personal growth. These celebrations create positive memories and strengthen bonds. Conflict as growth opportunities. View conflict as opportunities for growth and deeper understanding. When handled constructively, conflicts can lead to stronger relationships. I say that all the time. And the last one, set relationship goals. Consider setting relationship goals with the people who are most important to you. You know what I want you to do tonight? I want you to write down, hopefully it's a list of more than one, who are the people that are most important to you? Because I want to see, and I'm going to encourage you throughout the rest of this year. I'm, I want to encourage you, and I'm going to encourage you for the rest of this year on finding out who are the most important people to you and how to add and receive better relationship support from within those relationships. So these goals can be related to communication, spending quality time together, or mutual growth. Setting relationship goals can be a valuable practice to enhance and strengthen your partnerships. And then tomorrow night, we'll talk about relationship goals and tips on how to set them. I'm building us up and I'm, I'm setting this foundation for this chapter um, with intention and with strategy because where we're building it to, we're gonna need this foundation built early on, okay? 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight to So Detox 2024, night 16 out of 30. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your giving. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Um, remember, you can still order books, journals, and notebooks from my website. It is listed on the screen. For those on Instagram, it's www.suzannemhoward.com. And if you go up to my bio, every link for everything is there and it's for your viewing. We're going to go home now. So let's go ahead and prophesy. And then we'll go ahead and hang up Instagram and let the Facebook and YouTubers go through the outro video. Ready? Let's go. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. God bless you and good night. Good night, Instagram. Thank Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.